You're listening to Ottawa's Baseball Show. It's Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante and Mike Nellis on CKDJ 107.9, home of the Ottawa Champions. Welcome to the April 2nd edition of Around the Diamond. I am Diamond Dante, joined with Mr. Mike Nellis and new time guest, Mr. Corey Mess. How you doing, brother? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Baseball's in the air. We're the It's the eve of the Major League Baseball season. It's pretty exciting. Coming right up and... Uh... Corey, also a member of the Ottawa Champions broadcast team, so you're going to be hearing him, me, Dante, all over your radio waves this summer. Oh, it's going to be amazing. We're going to have a, a real good time this summer, and uh, I'm really excited about this show, Mike. We got tons of guests. Before you go, before you do that, we got to say happy belated or l- delayed or whatever April Fool's Day. Ooh, April first. April Fools, eh? Yeah. Eh. Should, should I'm we not a big fan. Is that is that something to to celebrate or what? Like, I, <laughs> like, I don't know. On that note, let's. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, let's get to uh, this show. We got tons of guests planned. Speaking Mike. Speaking of awkward segues. Yeah. Danny Grower is gonna come on in the next segment and join us. Followed by Hal Lanier, then Ben Nicholson Smith from Sportsnet.ca will come on to talk a little Blue Jays baseball. And then we're gonna have Mike Glustein from TSN 1200 Creative. Uh, he's a big fantasy baseball expert, and he's gonna give you uh, his power rankings for uh, this whole weekend and uh, going into the season. It's going to be good. Well, I'm glad that you're bringing Mike in because this Mike doesn't know enough about fantasy sports to talk about. Well, maybe he can teach you a thing or two. You know what? That's right. It's very true. And, uh, you know, I I am very proud to say that when I was about like 12 or 13, I won my fantasy sports league and used the money to buy an iPod touch. And then you retired a champion. No more fantasy baseball for you. That's it. Exactly. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now is that... I, I love baseball so much. I'm not a big fantasy baseball guy, but Mr. Carlos from Carleton Ju- University, good kid, you know, he's a nice guy. He invited me to that uh, fantasy league. Carlos Verde. Carlos Verde. Where's he from? Oh, his, well, his family's from Portugal. Oh. Yeah. Actually, no, sorry. His mom is Spanish and his dad so is Portuguese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, but he yeah. loves baseball? Or is he just like... No, no, he played baseball. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, one of the bigger so- stories out of this week, be- besides the Ottawa Champions, that MLB 16 The Show came out, and I've been grinding that one out. And and Corey, we're going to play a couple times, eh? I think so, yeah. I bought it yesterday as well. Haven't had a chance to play it yet. But uh, hopefully uh, hopefully go home uh, after this podcast. This podcast has me in a baseball mood. So I'll be, I'll be getting ready for you, Dante. Oh, I'm going to be... Uh Definitely ready to dust you in MLB The Show. I know that you're not a, a big video game guy, but the chirps still, are flying already. I love the it. chirps are flying. Anyway, so let's get, let's move into some champions talks. Aside from all this garbage here, um, garbage. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't I don't consider the ninety dollars I spent on a PS4 game garbage. <laughs> I didn't spend. I spent. I bought the MVP. You might edition. be throwing that money in the it garbage, bought, but you know how much it cost me? One hundred and thirty. Oh, jeez. Where'd you buy it? EV Games. Baby. I was oh, the first stop. one there. You're, that, that's your problem. You're at, you're at the midnight release. So, so, uh, so we're gonna go on. Uh, of course, the the champions do sign, re-sign Danny Grower. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's he's a big signing for the team. And and I mentioned in the interview that uh, the starting job is his. That he could definitely run away with it if he wants to. We uh, we talked about this um, before the show as well. We were wondering if you know maybe Hal Lanier is going to go out and uh, get a couple more catchers on the uh, the official roster for the champions going into the year. Of course, Bryce Massanari retired, but um, you know you know we'll see. And you're going to see on the show what his plan is this year. 
uh, for Danny Grauer and yeah. the Ottawa champions behind the plate because that is an integral position. One thing we saw with uh, Danny Grauer last year was uh, his good defense and uh, that arm behind the plate. We uh, talked to him and he says uh, he said this last year as well. He said that he started his baseball career as a pitcher transition to catching some guys do that that's a little bit unorthodox though and 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 as a result you see the uh, uh the strong arm behind the plate well and, and with danny grauer i mean we saw bryce mazzanari for the for whole first part of the season as as pretty much their everyday catcher and um you know as, as a veteran catcher he was a fantastic hitter i think he brought a lot to the pitching staff but um uh, he didn't quite have have the arm he had a tough time throwing guys out on steal attempts um but when when danny grauer came and joined the team there was a marketable difference in their in their kind of home to second plate times and and danny grauer really showed off that arm a few times to pick guys off. Yeah, they, he definitely did. And, and there was a couple times this year when I think you could tell that some teams were being very liberal with their stolen base yeah. attempts against yeah. the Ottawa champions because they expect Bryce Massanari back behind there. But guess what? The starter for the day was Danny Grauer, and he was picking off runners like no tomorrow. So nice. Um, yeah, you, you could see that uh, a lot, and uh, teams definitely had to make an adjustment. Yeah, Danny Grauer, you know, six foot four, and you mentioned that uh, he's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, he could definitely play right field. At, well, obviously, maybe not with how fast he is, but he's got a cannon. Let's put it that way. And of course, after that, Hal Lanier, the Champions manager, will come on to uh, to break down all the tr- recent transactions that the team has had in, in the last couple of weeks since we last spoke to him in our first edition of Around the Diamond uh, just a couple of weeks back. And it's going to be great to have him on. And, uh, of course, tons of stuff that they did. Daniel yeah. Bick, they, they acquired the other day. Uh, Matt Helm, who's going to be joining us on uh, next week. So it's going to be nice to have him on. And they also added uh, a r- right-handed pitcher that could start. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, you know what? There's, there's there's a couple different situations here with the champions now. Uh, you know, Andrew Worth is a reliever. You know, we we, we talked about it before. The uh, the Ottawa Champions had um, a it lot was of a lot of uh, Randy Hamrick, right? Yeah, Randy Hamrick. So, yeah, sorry, I kind of I left you hanging there. Yeah, Randy Hamrick was the, the starter, uh, right-handed pitcher, um, who we'll talk to Hal about on this show. But basically. This is the busiest time of the offseason for the Ottawa champions. And as a result of that, you're going to see these moves coming in. So it's a really good time to talk to Hal about re-signings and trades and and these things that are going to be happening. He said it himself. um, A lot of different teams are releasing lists to him and to camps run by Nick Belmonte, the director of player procurement for the champions. Well, and, and that's exactly it, right, Mike? The As the MLB camps and, and other affiliated baseball camps start to come to an end here as we get closer to the regular season, this is a time where indie baseball teams like the champions, everyone else in the Can-Am League, uh, start to have to, to pick and choose and find those diamonds in the roughs. Maybe guys who haven't quite made it on MLB teams, but uh, they can still feel that they can get a, a productive season out of these guys. Yeah, and then we're going to move on to uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith. He's going to join us here all the way from uh, sportsnet.ca in Toronto. He's going to talk about the Jays' recent moves and uh, definitely uh, a big note, of course, to talk about, you know, Roberto Osuna getting the closing job, of course, a big story coming in out of Blue Jays' camp and uh, the recent roster decisions that they did make. 
We had Arden Zwelling on last week's show, now his co-host of At The Letters podcast, is going to be joining us as well, and Ben Nicholson-Smith, so uh, it's going to be really good to have him on. He's a real pro and uh, is definitely going to bring in some of those takes uh, on uh, Blue Jays baseball that uh, fans come to uh, crave this time of year because everybody's starving for baseball. Baseball's right around the corner, folks, and I mean that quite literally. Absolutely, and that's going to wrap it up for this segment. Don't turn that dial because we're going to have on champion starting catcher or maybe the starting catcher this season, Danny Grauer, as he's going to join us all the way from out in Virginia. That's all here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. around the diamond on CKDJ 107.9 home of every single Ottawa Champions game now joined here in studio with Mr. Mike Nellis and Corey Mess how you guys doing pretty good uh, it's uh, it's it's got to be uh, it's got to be fun to bring uh, Corey back in here but uh, yeah the Ottawa Champions uh, getting ready for another season yeah totally this is the first time uh, uh, I've done anything for the the champions this season so uh, so I'm excited to get things started now joining us on the phone is Champions catcher Danny Grauer. Earlier this week, the Champions added depth at catcher, re-signing Danny uh, to a nice contract here. Danny, how you doing today? Doing well. How about you guys? Doing awesome. And uh, the question is, how's the weather out in Virginia? Uh, for now, it's good. It's <laughs> about uh, 65 and sunny. Yeah. So uh, 65 Fahrenheit. I can't complain about it. Sounds good. And, and I just want to give the listener a little background check before we get into things. Uh, Danny, you were drafted by the Cincinnati Reds in 2013. What was your reaction when your name was first called? Uh, almost complete shock. Um, wasn't really expecting it, but uh, definitely a pleasant surprise. Now, Danny, um, since your professional career, you've uh, gone down to the Pecos League, uh, played in Roswell for uh, the beginning of last year, finished last year. With the Ottawa Champions, there's there's been a couple different guys that, you know, switch leagues in the middle of a season, switch tiers, because, you know, a lot of people say that uh, the Can-Am League, one of the better independent leagues. So what was it like to adjust from the Pecos League in New Mexico to playing up in Ottawa in the Can-Am League? Uh, it was definitely an adjustment. Um, a lot bigger, uh, a lot older guys, more experienced, and um, bigger crowds, better stadium. So as a whole, there was an adjustment, but the game was still the same. You know, the, all the elements of the game changed, but the game itself was still the same. So it wasn't, there was an adjustment, but it wasn't at the same time. Well, and, and you talk about that maybe not being as much of an adjustment as people think. And um, I mean, in the Pecos League last year, you put up really nice power numbers. Um, uh, and how do you, I mean, once you came to the champions, you were able to uh, to play really good defense. That, it looked like that was what Hal was asking from you. But how do you uh, turn those numbers, uh, um, th- th- those hitting numbers that you had in the Pecos League last year into success in the Can-Am League this year? Um, definitely took advantage of some smaller parks out in the Pecos League. We came to bigger parks, but um, there wasn't a pitching adjustment to make to the pitchers. There were some better, a lot better pitchers. So the adjustment there was, uh, took me a while to get used to it. But I think it's bringing consistency every day and letting the numbers, not worrying too much and try to press too much, but letting them kind of 
work themselves out and just be consistent and a good approach every day. Yeah, that's Danny Grauer joining us here on Around the Diamond. Another thing I want to ask you, growing up, who was your baseball idol being a catcher? And another thing is, did you always play catcher growing up in college and high school? Yeah, growing up, I, um, and I always growing up, I was a catcher. I got into college, and I, I came as a catcher, but I ended up pitching as well. That was actually what I was drafted as. But um, I actually went back to college the next year. But uh, your idol growing up was, was um, Sammy Sosa. Wow. Actually, the Chicago Cubs. I wasn't even a catcher. You know, I can always say, you know, Pudge Rodriguez is a big one. Yeah. You know, the better, doing the best league at that time. Um, and Danny, just one thing too is is about coaching, and obviously you need to uh, make a lot of adjustments to eventually get to pro baseball. And and I wanted to mainly bring up Hal Lanier with you, uh, and just ask him or just ask you about him, what he was able to um, help you with once you got to the Ottawa Champions. What was it like to get coached by a guy like that who has been in the big leagues for so long? That was awesome. Yeah, I can't um, ask for much more than to come to a higher league and be play for someone like that, which is um, really awesome to be able to do. And uh, I think the biggest thing that Hal passed along was that every day is a new day. You can't let uh, the day before affect you as well as you can't look past today into tomorrow. So I think just you know taking it day by day, being able to relax, the greatest thing Hal taught me. Um, now you, you you come into the champions this season, um, uh, and you know there there is a lot of um, uh, not a ton of carryover in the uh, in the independent league. So you're going to have a bunch of new pitchers on the staff this year. Um, how how does a, a catcher kind of go into camp? What do you do basically to to kind of learn all these new pitchers and and learn their tendencies? Is it going to kind of be just a whirlwind in camp where you try and and learn as much as you can, or does it happen kind of more gradually? Uh, it's more gradual. You um. You know, it's like anything in the game, you can't learn everything overnight. So it's definitely a progression, like you said. But um, just just talking with them, you know, catching them in practice and bullpen, get used to what they they want to do, and uh, you know, talk with them, talk out, dug out, just have an open line of communication. Then each day, you know, take strides forward and learn a little more and more each day. Yeah, and Danny, of course, uh, I'm going to ask you this: What's, in your opinion, the most important part about being a catcher? That's a good question. Uh, I think just being uh, being someone that is willing to learn, not try to do too much. You know, some faults that some catchers get is they try to be, you know, super in control of of everything. And sure, the catcher is in charge of the field, but I think it at this level, it's letting everyone else do their job and not trying to do it for them, and knowing that the pitchers are good enough that they know what. They want to do at this point, and you don't have to tell them what they want, what they need to do. I think just being open and just you know being willing to to learn and let other people do their jobs as well. Yeah, that's Danny Grower here joining us on Around the Diamond. Just to follow up to that question, uh, of course, to any young Canadian catchers maybe listening here on the radio, uh, what would your what would your advice be to them that uh, a young kid may be trying the position out here in Canada? Uh, the greatest advice is just like I was probably what the cow said is take every day is what it's worth and don't you know don't look past don't look past the day and don't look behind you every day show up and be ready to work you can't in this game you can't take any days off you have to be ready to work every day and try to learn something and better your your skill and your craft 
is to never give up and always, you know, persevere and every day, every day, take advantage of every day and just try to get better every single day. And, uh, and Danny, obviously you guys were, were so close to the playoffs last year. Goal this year for the team has to be uh, to take that next step into the playoffs. But what about for, for you personally? Like, what are your goals uh, um, uh, going into the season? Like, by the end of the season, is there anything you personally want to want to have to accomplish? Um, just being the best player I can be and the best teammate. And um, if that's catching every day or if that's, you know, catching every couple of days a week, just being ready that when my name is called, and um, take advantage of the moment and not get, not try to do too much, just be myself. And um, let the statistics, you know, worry about themselves. But if I can show up every day and help the team win that particular day, I think I'll do my, my job is done. Yeah, and Danny, that pretty much wraps it here on Around the Diamond. I really appreciate you coming on the show, and I look forward to seeing you uh, uh, at the Champions Games, of course. And uh, I guess Around the Diamond, if you want to be uh, cliche. <laughs> All right, sir. Look forward to it. Thanks a lot, brother. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. That was Ottawa Champions catcher Danny Grauer joining us all the way from out in Virginia. Mr. Corey Mess, who's coming up next? We've got Champions manager Hal Lanier, um, and he's going to talk about all the moves the champions have made over the last week. They've made plenty. Hal's down in Florida watching a lot of guys play baseball, and uh, and so uh, he has some interesting insights for us. Yeah, that's something you don't want to miss. We're going to take a quick break, then we'll be back with the Hal Lanier interview. That's all here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. I'm your host, Diamond Dante, alongside Mr. Mike Nellis and Corey Mess. Uh, pretty happy to have on uh, Hal Lanier, eh? Oh, yeah. And it's always great to talk to Hal. So uh, why don't we just get right into it? Because you know everyone wants to hear from him. So. Absolutely. It's the man of the hour, Ottawa Champions manager Hal Lanier joins us here on Around the Door on the Diamond. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Oh, no problem. Now, Hal, uh, we have tons of questions to go through with you as the you and the champions made tons of moves since we last spoke. I just want to backtrack a little bit and go to the signing of Johnny Cole. Uh, he came on to our show and, and was very, very happy about joining the team and getting the opportunity uh, to play first base and maybe a little left field. But the one thing from my point of view is I like how he adds a little bit of defense at first and maybe a little bit of speed in the outfield. And he also has a little bit of a pop in his bat. How, uh, what did you like from Johnny when you first saw him? Well, I saw him at Nick Balmani's camp uh, for 12 days. I was down there the whole camp and really saw some outstanding players down there. And Johnny stood out at first base. And he's got great soft hands. Uh, he's got good range at first base. He's got an accurate arm uh, the times that I saw him throw. And I saw him throw, you know, every day. We took NFL practice every day down there and uh, watched him during the games, watched him during batting practice, extra hitting. He's a switch hitter, which is always good to have on your ball club. And he's got some pop. The ball comes off his bat really well. He's got a good approach uh, at the plate and both hands. And he's he's a natural right-handed, I think. And um, he swung the bat good both ways uh, against live pitching. And, you know, that was probably two months ago. So 
he really didn't have a lot of time to uh, prepare. I thought the pitchers would be a little ahead of the hitters, which they were the first two or three days down there, and then all of a sudden the hitters caught up to the pitchers. But he impressed me uh, both defensive and, and offensively. He, he's uh, able to play a little bit of left field uh, or the outfield, and that's his secondary position. And it's always good to have guys that can play multiple positions. Yeah, and Hal, uh, actually, when I spoke to Johnny on the phone, I told him, hey, I, I think it says that you got a little bit of pop in your bat. And he said, well, I wouldn't really say that I'm much of a power hitter. I'm more of a contact kind of guy, which was kind of funny to, to hear that from him. Well, that's, I, I don't mind that, especially in our ballpark. <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> uh, you really got to be able to pull the ball either from the left side or the right side to hit home runs. And if I can get guys that you know don't strike out as much as uh, what we had last year, um, that's what we're trying to improve, and I think that he's going to be like a line drive type hitter, uh, gap to gap. He'll hit some home runs on the road probably uh, if he gets a good opportunity to play. I like that. Um, so I just wanted to move on, Hal, to uh, a recent signing, actually. Uh, Matt Helms, not a signing, but a trade uh, for future considerations from the New Jersey Jackals. Matt Helms comes over, and, uh, well, by the looks of it, it seems like the outfield is now uh, pieced together. Well, it is, really. I mean, we've got some more signings to, to, to do, and we're working on that uh, as I speak. You know, when I was approached by the manager in New Jersey, Joe, and uh, he called me and uh, asked me if I had any interest, and I, right away, you know, I remembered Matt from last year, and, you know, I, I remembered him, you know, putting the ball in play. He doesn't strike out. He's a contact hitter. Uh, he can do some things in the outfield. He had nine assists last year. So he does have a very strong arm, and that will be a big improvement from what we had last year. And, again, uh, he's going to get a lot of playing time. Uh, he hit 275, 265 in the Can-Am League and, uh, for two years. So, he knows how to play the game. He plays the game hard, and you know that's the kind of ball players would like to uh, have on our ball club. Uh, and how a uh, uh, day before that, you guys uh, uh, signed uh, Danny Grower, who was uh, on the team for uh, a portion of the last season. I think he he really impressed you guys with his his defensive ability, with his arm strength behind the uh, the plate. Do you look for maybe him to take another step and and be maybe an everyday catcher for you guys this year? Well, we're hoping he can. You know, again. Um, We'd like to have a little bit more experience, maybe a little bit more more offense. But if we don't find that, catching is probably the hardest position to find uh, this year from organizations getting rid of people. Uh, you don't see a lot of good catchers uh, released from uh, minor leagues in the organizations and everything. And I've been told that by many scouts, uh, some friends of mine in organizations. So we'll have to see. But Danny uh, – Really impressed Billy Horn, who my pitching coach and I were down there in Boca Raton, and I saw him live against live pitching. We played. We had a team, and we played uh, uh, organ- affiliated ball clubs, and he did really well for himself. Threw out runners, got some base hits, and he'd just been taking batting practice. You know, uh, calls a good game. He blocks the balls well, and he has a strong throwing arm. So. And, again, uh, you never know. He might be our number one catcher, and I, I wouldn't be too sad about that. I, I, just a quick follow-up on that, Hal, because uh, you talked about how 
Grauer does have that offensive flash every now and then. He had a home run for the champions last year in the short time that he played with the team. He also had 18 of them in the Pecos League, so you know that the bat is there, uh, but it's going to be tough for him to hit in our ballpark, as we know. It's it, it's a, a very tough ballpark to hit out of. You know, as you said, on the road, maybe Johnny Cole gets some home runs. Are you expecting that from Danny Grauer as well? Well, I think Sebastian Boucher, my hitting coach and center fielder, of course, worked with him a little bit more last year when he first got there and throughout the season and tried to get Danny to pull a little bit more because I think his power is probably left center, right center. But if he can learn to be a little bit quicker with his hands and the bat, uh, to pull the ball a little bit more. He's going to hit some home runs in our ballpark. And I, I think he's still learning. He's still young enough. You know, again, when we were down in uh, South Florida, we played the uh, high A ball club of the Marlins. And the first pitcher was a second round pitcher two years ago. And he was so 98 99. Wow. And he was only 20 years old. So they got, a, they got a pretty good arm there. But Danny played against him. And he hit a ball off the left center field wall. Wow. And, um, you know, on a pretty good fastball, 97, 98. So I think, you know, with, with Zeb working with him, uh, I think he will uh, come into his own this year. Yeah, and another thing, uh, I just want to go back a little bit more. Uh, another signing that you made was grabbing a guy in Andrew Wirth who throws sidearm. He came on the show and talked about how much movement he has on his fastball and how he's working on a sinker ball. Of course, when you're a sidearm pitcher, that's one of the most important pitches. You look at Randy Choate and Pat Neshek, they have excellent sinkers. But besides that, how will he compete in this league? And, and once again, uh, you mentioned that he throws consistently and hard. What did you like from him when you first saw him? Well, I like the, the reason being that he threw sidearm. He got a lot of ground balls from right-hand hitters. He broke a lot of bats at, uh, at Nick Belmonte's camp also. And I got to see him pitch almost every other day. And the last two days of the camp, he pitched back-to-back days. I wanted to see if he could you know, do that also. And his velocity was 89 to 90s. And, you know, again, that was two months ago. So, you know, he hadn't probably thrown a lot either. And I really liked the movement on his ball. The ball went down to right-hand hitters. Um, Some things he's going to have to work on is, you know, really getting a a sinker ball. Sinker ball pitchers and sidearm pitchers have a little bit difficulty coming into left-hand hitters, but he's going to have to learn to do that, you know, in a higher class classification like the Can-Am League. Um, now, now, Hal, uh, I, I think one of the moves I, I was most excited about this offseason uh, came a few days ago was when the champions uh, announced the re-signing of, of Daniel Bick at shortstop. Uh, came in a, a month and a half or a month into the season last year, uh, was tremendous defensively, and then by the end of the season, he was hitting the ball so well as, as well. He, he stole bases last year. He, he really uh, did so much for you guys last year as such a young player, and, and you must be ecstatic to have him back. Well, I am. I'm very happy to have him back, but also um, I'm very um... – I'm very fortunate to have him back because I, I really didn't think that he was going to come back. I really felt that an organization was going to take take him, and especially the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, he went to a trial camp, invitation only, and he did really, really well there from what I was told by our pitching coach, Billy Horn, who was out there and helped run the camp for the Diamondbacks. And 
Billy said he, he did everything good at shortstop. They had him at third base. They had him at second base. He hit well. He got, I, I think they got like seven, um, seven at-bats against live pitching, and they had some good pitchers uh, at, that, at that tryout camp, and he probably got three or four hits, Billy said, and hit the ball hard almost every time. So, again, I'm very happy to have him back. Uh, sometimes it takes a little longer for younger kids to – uh, come into independent baseball and then get signed out of organizations. I'm really happy to have him back because he really made our club a lot, lot better when he took over at shortstop. Switching gears now, Hal, to pitching, and a recent signing is Randy Hamrick, who uh, played last year in Amarillo in the American Association as a relief pitcher. However, uh, when the champions signed Hamrick, it was stated in the uh, press release that he would start some games. So uh, I'm assuming that Hamrick uh, will move into the rotation for 2016. Yes, he will. Um, I've seen Randy before. I saw him at a, a Florida tryout camp again, and that was a few years back. But he was a free agent. And, again, um, you know, I'm really happy to add a, a very, very good arm. He knows how to pitch. He's been around the game a while, and we're going to give him a, a good opportunity to start just like we did Wilma Font last year. I don't think it's going to be the biggest as, as adjustment as Wilmer had to make because Wilmer I don't think ever started before, and Randy has. And I just spoke to him uh, yesterday, and he's been throwing long. He's down in South Florida working out with uh, other players, and he's going to continue his pitch count, getting them a little bit higher. And as, as I told him and as I told Wilmer last year, uh, at the beginning of the season, we don't expect our pitchers to go nine innings. Uh, we expect them to go out there. Hopefully they can give us a good five solid innings and a pitch count of probably 65 to 75 and you know, work their way up to 100 pitches or more. Yeah, and that pretty much wraps it up, Hal. I look forward to seeing you uh, uh, this summer on Around the Diamond, and uh, I'll also make sure to come on the field and take some batting practice because, you know, I did play some second base <laughs> in high school baseball. And uh, is there any chance that I might get a, an odd stout here or there? Well, from what your, your partners beside you say, you can't run a lick. So I don't know if you're going to have an opportunity. So I don't know if that's true or not. Well, I'm going to tell you, when I played second base, I, I think I, I had a career, what, it was four years of high school baseball. I had two hits in, in four years, Hal, so I, I think uh, I have a little bit of pop in my back. Something to work on. Yeah, it has something, something to work on, my man. Well, <laughs> that, that's it. But the one thing I had, a, they used to call me the, uh, the gold glover. Uh, I was oh. the best dressed guy on the field. That's, it. that's how Daniel Bick got into the team last year. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. And uh, once again, thanks for coming on. My pleasure, always. That was Ottawa Champions manager Hal Lanier. Uh, Mike, what's coming up next? Uh, we got Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet.ca coming up. And, uh, hey, I can uh, pump my own tires, too. He's a Carlton Journalism grad. That's the program I'm in. So well, There you uh, go. We're bringing him on the show not, uh, up next. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. And uh, stay tuned because Ben Nicholson-Smith is going to join us here on Around the Diamond. That's all here on CKDJ 107.9. Wait up for you You're far away 
Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. I'm Diamond Dante, joined with Mike Nellis and Corey Mess. Let's get to the phones here and welcome Ben Nicholson-Smith from Sportsnet.ca and the At The Letters podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. And uh, I just want to start things off with the, one of the most, uh, the biggest Blue Jays stories uh, coming out of camp so far, and, the, and that is the uh, Aaron Sanchez becoming the fifth starter. He had a tremendous spring training. And what did you like from him, and why did the Blue Jays have to uh, they had no choice but to give him the job. Yeah, he was impressive in a lot of different ways. And I think that in the course of his spring training, he answered a lot of the questions that surrounded him as recently as six or eight weeks ago. He showed that he can throw a fastball 96 to 98 miles an hour in a starting role. He showed that he can command his curveball. He cut down on his walks. And he's added a lot of muscle. So you put that together, and like you said, it would be really hard to deny him that job. He'll see what he has. It's not necessarily something that's going to last all season long, but out of the gate, he's going to get that chance, and he certainly has the upside to make an impact in the rotation. Now, Ben, uh, just staying on the rotation real quick, uh, Marco Estrada, uh, a little banged up right now. So what are the Jays going to do over the first few weeks uh, with the starting rotation? Is it just going to be um, uh, four starters to start with, or do you think uh, one of the guys in the bullpen might just get a spot start in there? I think what they'll do is they'll take advantage of a couple of off days they have early on, and that will allow them to start Estrada on the DL, backdated, and he'll essentially miss one start that way. So the Blue Jays can use the off day, come right back to Marcus Stroman for the home opener on regular rest, go through the rotation once more, and by the time they're through that second turn in the rotation, Estrada will be ready and barring any kind of unforeseen complications with his back stiffness, he'll be in there and ready to go from that point on. And uh, for my first question, Ben, I just wanted to ask you about the outfield. And, of course, uh, the fourth spot, which was uh, talked about a little bit, um, Ezequiel Carrera ends up getting that fourth spot. Uh, a couple guys sitting in this room right now are wondering if uh, Dalton Pompey should get that shot. But uh, Carrera, you know, at age 28, um, does get the shot as the fourth outfielder. I just wanted to get your comments on that and what you think of uh, Carrera and uh, what he's going to do this year. Well, I think Carrera offers a few different things. And you can look at his speed, and you can look at his bat, which is okay, not astounding by any stretch, but he's serviceable as a left-handed hitter. And he can play all three outfield positions. So he's your classic fourth outfielder in a lot of ways. Gets with some element of speed off the bench if they need pinch runs for someone like Dustin Smoke or Edwin Encarnacion. But I, I do think that there's a lot to be said for Dalton Pompey. And going into the spring, I thought it would have been entirely reasonable for the Blue Jays to break camp with him as their fourth outfielder. But it became pretty clear within a week or so that the Blue Jays didn't view him as a fourth outfield option out of the gate. They wanted him to get everyday playing time. They wanted him to continue his development. And I think that at least on defense, he does have a lot of work to do. And that's something that he'll be working on every day at AAA Buffalo. How much longer do you think Dalton Pompey has before he's an everyday major league player? I think that's a good question, and I'm not sure that there's a specific timetable that you can point to. I mean, if Michael Saunders needs a stint on the disabled list for a month, for example, maybe Dalton Pompey gets that call and he gets everyday playing time at the big leagues. But there's another scenario where he plays most of the season at AAA, and that wouldn't be the worst thing for his development either. 
certainly he wouldn't be the first 23-year-old to require some additional seasoning after really advancing yeah. quickly through the Blue Jays system a couple of seasons ago and making it to the big leagues in 2014. So I, I think Pompey has to answer some questions like a lot of prospects do. He's got to show that he can play some defense. And he's got to go out there and really show that he's too good for AAA. That might take a couple months, or it could take the better part of the season. Yeah, and that's around uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith joining us here on Around the Diamond. And I just want to stay with the outfield topic here, and I want to ask you about Darren Cicilliani. Uh Mike Wilner said last night on Sportsnet that he is probably one of the was one of the better hitters in spring training throughout the whole league at this point. Uh, why did the Jays send him down, and could we see him up with the team uh, throughout the rest of the season? We definitely could see him up, and I think that Siciliani will probably get his shot at the big league level at some point. As for why they sent him down, sometimes, and this applies to Pat Vendetti as well, the ambidextrous pitcher who did well in spring training, sometimes it comes down to options. And because these guys can be sent to the minor league without having to expose them to waivers, teams will do that, and it allows them to preserve some depth and really set themselves up for the long season. I would expect that we're going to see Siciliani, that we're going to see Pat Vendetti. A lot of these players who are in the minor leagues right now are probably going to have their chance to make an impact with the Blue Jays. Yeah, and uh, another another thing to follow up with that, you mentioned Pat Vendetti. Uh, I had a chance to watch him pitch a couple times during spring training, just watching it on MLB TV and MLB Network. And... Uh, it looks like from the right side, he throws 88 miles an hour, and from the left side, he was hitting around 84 with his fastball. Uh, are the Jays trying to use him more of a specialist to just face lefties or just to face righties? Well, I think that when, when you're throwing from that low arm slot, you're almost always going to be a specialist, and Vendetti definitely falls into that category. I, I think that history would show that he's actually been better against left-handed batters, but I think he can do very well against right-handers as well. And maybe some of that comes from that velocity that you're talking about. So I think that Vendetti is someone that as long as he's facing a same-handed hitter and it's not a switch hitter, he can be very effective. And I think the Blue Jays have every reason to be pretty optimistic about what he can offer them in 2016. Um, now, uh, Ben, with, with Devin Travis being being injured, we see uh, um, uh, Darwin Barney start the uh, start the season with the big league club. Um, maybe talk about him a bit. And when Devin Travis comes back up, do you, do you think he'll be kind of the, the odd man out? I think that the Blue Jays are first going to have to get to the point that Devin Travis is healthy. And even though he's encouraged and he's been taking some ground balls and slowly building back strength in that shoulder of his, there's still a long way to go for Devin Travis, which is where Darwin Barney enters the picture and how he ended up getting that spot on the big league roster right away. I, I don't think we're going to see a ton of Darwin Barney unless something goes wrong for the Blue Jays because with Tulowitzki, Donaldson, and Ryan Goins, you're probably going to rely on those three just about every day. But he gives them an insurance policy. He gives them some good defense. And if it gets to the point that Travis is back and he's performing very well, then you can see a guy like Barney being option. Going back to that point about guys who can be sent down to AAA, even though he's making a million dollars, you can send them to AAA and you don't have to worry about losing. Ben, I just wanted to ask you about Chris Colabello now. And uh, last year, a lot of people are calling it a breakout season uh, for the former Ken Emley player, actually, Chris Colabello. And... Uh, Others are saying, well, maybe it was just a fluke. And we've seen it time and time again where guys will have that one kind of outlier season. Do you expect to see 
this level of production continue for Chris Colabello at first base? And do you think that that, that's, that option of having Smoke and Colabello almost playing half games each continues this year? I think Colabello will play more often than not to start the season. And Smoke gives them a very capable backup bench option at first base. As for what Colabello can pull off offensively, I'm definitely not expecting him to hit 320 again. And I think that a lot mm-hmm. of that was because his batting average on balls in play last year was around 400, something that's basically completely unsustainable, regardless of whether you're a power hitter like Colabello or a line drive hitter. You're not going to see that same year over year. So for Colabello, I think he can realistically post an OPS that probably pushes up against 800. I won't be surprised if he hits 20 home runs, but I don't think he's going to quite replicate, at least on a per at-bat basis, the kind of production that we saw all of last year. Yeah, that's Ben Nicholson-Smith joining us here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. And Ben, uh, speaking of the Can-Am League, uh, Steve Delabar, a former uh, player in the Can-Am League, and of course we're going to switch over to him. The Blue Jays gave him his unconditional release. I think that they should have sent him down to AAA. I don't know where the options were with that. Of course, you can tell us a little bit more. Why did the Blue Jays decide to part ways with Steve Delavar despite, you know, he posted a 245 ERA in eight innings this spring? Right. I, I think with Delavar, you're looking at a pitcher who had trouble throwing strikes and who walked a lot of batters ever since he became an all-star in 2013. He was out of options, which meant that he would have to clear waivers before being sent to the minor leagues. And he was also earning a substantial amount of money by releasing him when they did. That allows the Blue Jays to save at least on some of his salary for 2016. So I think that Delabar is probably going to land on his feet somewhere, but until he shows that he can throw the ball over the plate more consistently and avoid those free passes, I don't know that he's really the kind of reliever that you want to necessarily build a bullpen around. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned the bullpen and, uh, of course, kind of the, the, the highlight of the bullpen, you tweeted it out today, is that uh, Roberto Osuna will be this team's closer, uh, uh, at least to, to begin the season. Um, uh, so, so talk about the bullpen also with, with, uh, with Storin as a setup guy. Yeah, I think the bullpen should be pretty good. You're looking at Storin, Cecil, Osuna at the back end, even without Sanchez in that mix. That could be three very good arms. So they've got a strong starting point. And they've got some intriguing options beyond that. They made Asuna the closer, like you said. To me, I think Sporin would have fit best in that role because he's someone who is experienced when it comes to saving games, more experienced than Asuna. And maybe more importantly, he's someone who is most often used in a one-inning setting. When it's a clean inning, when he's able to go in and get three outs, no more, no less. Whereas Asuna is someone who can get four outs, he can get five outs, and the more outs that you can get with a top relief arm like Asuna, the better. It gives you more flexibility. But the Blue Jays went with Asuna, who really was tremendous for them last season, out of the bullpen. And I can understand the reasoning for that one as well. Well, and, and do you think the, the signing of Storin, just to kind of bring it full circle back to Sanchez, but the signing of Storin kind of uh, uh, gave the Blue Jays a little more flexibility and allowed them uh, to move Sanchez to that starter role? Yeah, absolutely. I think those those pieces were linked all season long. And the moment they acquired, they acquired Soren, I think it allowed them to shift things around a little bit more. And it's something they really needed. You didn't want to go into the season with a big hole in the rotation and in the bullpen. And I think by adding a very established arm, a very capable arm to their bullpen, 
that allowed them to really consider Sanchez as a starting option. And then Sanchez took the rest of it from there and ran with it, really showing the Blue Jays that he has at least the potential to start at the big league level. Yeah, and uh, that pretty much wraps it up, Ben. And uh, I thank you so much for coming uh, here on Around the Diamond. And uh, we look forward to maybe having on during the season uh, when we see a little bit more moves and uh, whatnot. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. That was Ben Nicholson-Smith from Sportsnet.ca. We thank him so much for coming on Around the Diamond. Coming up next, we're going to have Mike Gluestein come on to give you your fantasy sports predictions. It's going to be good, eh? Should be. And... uh... I don't know. I'm not one for fantasy sports, so I'm not going to talk too, too much about this. But uh, yes, that'll be great, Dante. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. All right. Uh, you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9 Ottawa's new music. It's hard, I do. I Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. I'm now joined on the phone with Mike Glustein and Mike Nellis and Corey Mess, my two co-hosts, have probably just gone into hibernation, maybe going back to Nunavut or something like that because they're actually no longer in the studio as they're off to do better things. But without further ado, let's welcome Mike Glustein from TSN 1200, creative writer, but uh, pretty much you're a big fantasy expert and that's why you're welcome here on the show. And uh, how are you doing today? Thanks, Dante. Yeah, fantasy expert might be pushing it. I play a lot of fantasy and study it, but I haven't won a league in a few years. But, you know, when you're, uh, I commission a lot of leagues, so I kind of know what's going on. So I'm going to ask you this. When I entered at TSN, is there still a, a waiting list on that league? Because remember, I was like, hey, you going to let me in a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, there is a waiting list. I had to, we had to fill two of the slots this year with uh, guys who were on the list from last year. So, But the, the waiting list is over, so if somebody drops out, you're my first call next year. All right, thanks a lot. And uh, uh, let's get right into things here. And uh, I'm going to ask you, who are your top position players coming in this season? Maybe a top 10. Well, I mean, using the the rankings that most people are doing, I mean, it's it really kind of it depends what kind of league you're in, first of all. Uh, if you're in a standard league and you have the first pick overall, if you don't take Mike Trout, you're silly. Uh, we're talking about a guy who has won a few MVPs, should have won four uh, already, and is only like fourth or fifth year pro. I mean, your guy, very rarely do you get guys who can hit 40 home runs and steal 40 bases and bat 300 and get 100. I mean, I, like, I mean, we all know how good Mike Trout is. So, I mean, if you have the first pick, you don't take Mike Trout. Uh, there's something wrong with you. Uh, then it gets kind of dicey after that. I mean, uh, if you want pitching, I mean, you can always go well with Clayton Kershaw from the from the Dodgers, uh, Jake Arrieta. Now, I might be wary on him right off the bat because he does have a blister problem right now. So, uh, you know, and he's had one really solid year. And, I mean, look, Arrieta was lights out. He was unbelievable down the stretch last year for Chicago. He's going first round for sure. But I'm not sure if I would take him over a guy like Kershaw, who's, who's been there a few times. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then it's also if you can get one of the one of the sneaky things in fantasy baseball is I mean, there's lots of good outfielders, there's lots of good you know power positions, but if you can find a guy in like shortstop, second base, in the non-traditional power positions, that's why I would look at guys like uh, Nolan Arenado at third, Josh Donaldson, obviously, um, you know Manny Machado, who right now qualifies at both third and short. So if you're kind of debating on someone, he's a good pick, and then of course uh, Carlos Correa, who 
last year proved that he's for real. And, you know, he could hit 30 home runs from shortstop, which is pretty impressive. So, I mean, those guys are probably up there. I mean, if uh, you know, in the first pick, you could probably try to want to do your best to pick a multi-talented guy. You don't just want home runs. You don't just want steals. You kind of want somebody who's going to do them all, like one of those five tool players. Yeah. So, But if you have the first pick overall, you don't take Mike Trey, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, and uh, maybe with that being said, uh, who are some maybe five sleeper picks or or some sleeper picks that uh, you think are going to be good for people to take in this coming draft? Well, there's a difference between sleeper picks and you know, and maybe guys not many people have heard of. I mean, uh, some guys maybe in markets don't get uh, the press that other that other players do that play in Boston, New York. Like there's a guy in uh, hold on a second in Arizona, I think AJ Pollock. Yeah, he's good. He's 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 very good, and uh, you know he's a five-tool guy. He's uh, he's going to be uh, he's he's a little banged up right now, but uh, he's definitely one of those guys who could uh, surprise people. Not many people know about him unless you're in Arizona. Yeah, AJ Pollock. You know he had over 300 last year, and is definitely a good player. Had you know stole a lot of bases. You know but... I, I'm partial to guys like uh, Nolan Arenado. Uh, obviously, he's not surprising anybody uh, this year like he did last year. I mean, uh, some other sleepers. I mean, it's hard to say what you really consider a sleeper. I mean, I really like guys like um, from the uh, Cleveland Indians. Um, I really like Francisco Lindor, uh, for example, a shortstop. I think he is poised to be a huge uh, player in a, in a position that's not that doesn't have a lot of depth. Uh, I like guys like Young Ho Park from Minnesota, a guy you can get late. Uh, who could, you know, he's a guy who came out of the Korean League hitting 34 home runs a year. Uh, you know, if he gets 20 and 20 and 25 in the major leagues, that's a pretty useful uh, player. Um, yeah. If you're looking for power, guys like Todd Frazier going to a new team, going to Chicago, a bit of a hitter's, hitter's lineup, he should be doing well there. Um, you know, and I think a guy this year, too, who is you could probably get second, maybe third round, depending on how far he falls because of his injury last year is George Springer. Uh, again, for Houston, uh, there's a guy, five-tool guy, could be 30-30. So, I mean, those are just some names that are, that are coming off the top of my head for uh, for hitters. For pitchers, um, I like guys who throw hard. I think guys who throw in the 90s, high 90s, uh, regardless of, of where they fit, uh, have a potential to have a breakout year. So look for guys like your Donald Ventura oh, yeah. uh, for Kansas City. I, I would put him, you can usually get him very, uh, you know, mid-late, mid-rounds for him. Uh, and then a guy I'm really high on this year, I think, is going to have, uh, even though he's not the number one starter on his team, uh, but he's got number one stuff, Is and Blue Jays fans are going to hate this, is uh, Noah Syndergaard. Um, uh-huh. I, you know, the Mets are going to be great. Uh, they're probably going to win their division. We've got a guy who could win 18 to 20 games. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's going to be good, and he's uh, in that third rotation spot. And, you know, you look at Harvey, DeGrom, and then Syndergaard, it doesn't get any better than that as far as I'm concerned. But uh, um, maybe some down-the-road waiver pickups that don't get drafted and that you may want to look at picking up later in the year. Yeah, sure. I mean, I said there's always guys you can find, uh, you know, especially if you're filling needs. Like a couple guys I'm really high on is uh, C.J. Cron first face in the L.A. Angels, a guy who's getting his first real chance to play pretty much every day. I mean, Albert Pujols will spell him every once in a while at first, but C.J. Cron has got serious power, a guy who's looking, if he gets 20, 25 home runs, it's cheap. He's a, you know, he's a cheap uh, option for home runs. You're not going to pay a lot to get him. You're not going to have to go very high to get him. Uh, and then, you know, if you want runs, uh, you know, if you bat, you know, batting leadoff in the best lineup in baseball isn't bad. I mean, so Kevin Pillar, uh, you can usually get him pretty late, and he's not going to He's not. He's not gonna. He's not gonna hit for for 
for tons of you know tons of hits or average or for slugging and that, but you'll get on base and he'll score a lot of runs and probably score steal you twenty. So you know Kevin Kevin Pillar is a sleeper too. So there's lots out there though. You just have to know where to look for him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, maybe let's go on maybe some guys that you don't want to jump off the gun and take and wait a, maybe three or four rounds and you'll still get a good pickup that will help you down the road in the season. Um. Well, there's there's lots. I mean, look. Uh, I love Troy Tulowitzki as a player. I think he's he's a great position where he is, but I think he goes way too high. Um, you know, they're taking him ahead of guys like Lindor uh, or even other shortstops out there. I, I really think that's a mistake. I think uh, he's he's great for for where he is. Uh, he's going to help the Blue Jays in that lineup. But if you're expecting him to play 162 games and get uh, you know uh, all the RBIs, I, I could be wrong, but I, I would tend to try to pick him later. Uh, Miguel Cabrera is another one. Uh, you know, saying that he's past his prime might, is a little is a little much, but the guy is not what he used to be, and you know he's ranked now as the sixth best player, as the sixth best player in the game. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be that this year too. So, yeah. Um, but I, you know, so players like that, uh, I would avoid. You know, guys like really Jose Reyes. I suppose you don't really know what's going to happen with him. Just you know, his uh, the case has been dropped against him just as of uh, today being Thursday. I know your show doesn't air Thursdays, but uh, Wednesday, sorry. And uh, you know, Roldis Chapman is another interesting one too. Uh, when he's pitching, he's the best closer in baseball, but um, he's not pitching for 30 games. And then yeah. the Yankees, if they get off to a good start with Batonsis and Andrew Miller, uh, are they really going to throw Chapman back in the closer role? So I might. These are guys I might not pick as high as I normally would. Absolutely, and that pretty much wraps it up for our fantasy preview. Thank you so much, Mike, for joining us here on Around the Diamond, and uh, look forward to uh, maybe seeing you around downtown and uh, having you on the show again. On the show again. That was Mike Glustein from TSN 1200 here in Ottawa. He is a fantasy expert, and uh, I really appreciate him joining us here on Around the Diamond. Mike Nellis and Corey Mess are not in the building anymore. And that means we're going to wrap things up for the April 2nd edition of Around the Diamond, which is the fifth show, so I'm pretty happy. We've now got five shows under our belt and are very excited about the upcoming champion season. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next Saturday at 5. We'll bring you a great show. I already got a couple interviews teed up. More details coming up with that. You can follow me on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante for more updates on interviews coming on the show and to... I also post the, the show on SoundCloud right after the show is done on the radio, so you can look at that. It's Diamond Dante Audio on SoundCloud.com. So follow us on Twitter for more updates and visit our SoundCloud. You're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. Tune in to Around the Diamond next Saturday for an intense look on your Ottawa champions and everything baseball.